My name is Julie Turney, and this is HR Sound Off, the show created for HR and business professionals to discuss pertinent HR topics. But ultimately, we will be settling some of the many misconceptions that people have about the human resources profession. Some weeks you will hear from my guests, and other times it will be just you and me in the sound booth. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's sound off. Today I am joined in the sound booth with Simone Bao from the Bahamas, HR professional. How does she describe herself? Well, she describes herself as an HR talent and culture solutions driven person. She's a speaker, a strategist, and a singer. Maybe we'll get a note out of her in the show today. I was drawn to Simone because over the years, I've been following her career as an HR professional, and she always has something very encouraging to say. She always has very great insights to share as an HR professional that have helped me in my personal career, even though she doesn't know it. From what I have seen of Simone, um, she is vibrant, effervescent. She loves life and she loves her daughter. And more importantly, she loves HR. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show, Simone Bow. Simone. Thank you. Thank you so much, Julie. I think that's the best intro I've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thank you. welcome to the show i know today we decided to discuss a topic that is going to touch a lot of people i think it's a very pertinent topic for us to discuss at this time and we haven't shared that with the audiences yet so should we tell them what we're going to talk about (laughs) yes 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 let's tell them okay So we are going to talk about sexual harassment in the workplace. This is a very timely topic for us to discuss. Even though we are at home, um, there are still repercussions, there are still effects that people are feeling as a result of working in environments where they feel sexually harassed. So Simone, two years ago, wrote an article that struck me Uh, regarding sexual harassment, but regarding her own personal experience with sexual harassment. And that was part of the basis for why we decided that we were going to touch this topic today, because there are lots of things that we could talk about. Simone has a plethora of um, knowledge in the HR profession, but I felt like this particular topic needs to be touched and we haven't touched it in some booths yet. And I thought Simone would bring some great context and advice and tips for us in this particular space. But before we get started, Simone, I want you to tell us, tell the audience a little bit about Simone. Who are you and how did you get here? This particular journey in HR, I know we talked about your story a little um, over the last couple of days, and I am desperately intrigued to share it with the audience. So could you please share your story? Certainly. And thank you again for this opportunity to be on the show. It's it's such an awesome thing that technology is able to connect us, you know, from wherever we are. Um, and I'm so happy to be here and to see what you're doing, the work that you're doing. And, you know, in such a short time, you've inspired me too. Thank so, you. <laughs> <laughs> so I have uh, kind of reversed my way into HR, <laughs> as Got I would have shared. <laughs> as I would have shared with you, you know, my career actually started out in education and in teaching junior high school English language and literature. Uh-huh. So, like, what? <laughs> yeah. How did she get into HR? Yes. Uh, <laughs> but um, my journey started actually in um, hospitality. I, I graduated high school at a very young age. I, I wasn't ready for college. I didn't even know what I wanted to study. Even in high school, I just did general studies, like a little bit of everything. As I, I spoke to my guidance counselor, I said, I don't know what I want to do. I don't know what to focus on. So she said, just do one of everything. And then you kind of make up your mind as you 
get older. Mm-hmm. And so I ended up going to hospitality school on the advice of my dad, because of course, you know, living in the Caribbean. Yeah. Hospitality and tourism is like it's a thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Tourism is our business. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and uh, my family was in the business um, in the ground transportation. So my dad had a company that did um with the, it was called a tour operator so okay. it and it was kind of new and edgy um for our country at the time because it was mostly the taxi service and okay. so the tour operator was the um organized transportation so you're dealing with like groups and wholesalers and they're booking large groups at a time so of course it was pretty controversial the taxi drivers didn't like that Right. But anyway, <laughs> so uh <laughs> ended up going to the local hospitality school, loving it. I really loved it. I loved, I think, interacting with people and and something there sparked for me um this desire to teach. And I changed my major. I went off to university in Miami mm-hmm. and um changed my major to English. Okay came back with these great intentions to teach at the hospitality school that was denied Uh, I was told I didn't have any teaching experience so I needed to go and travel the world and get experience I'm like how do I do that and I'm jobless (laughs) so I ended up teaching at a my church school um, and there for four years and loving that loving the, the students and learning and at the new executive director of the hospitality school her daughter ended up in my English class and she said, are you still interested in a position at the school? And I was like, I don't know. Now I'm kind of happy here. You know, we yeah. are as human beings, you know, yeah. comfortable. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I really had to commit it to prayer. And then I got the release. I felt like, okay, I, let me go and do it. And, and honestly, that was the catalyst for me entering HR okay. through the back door of training. Right. And so um, being there at the hospitality school, I'm grateful that it was a place where um, they developed us as staff mm-hmm. as well. Right. And so there were lots of opportunities for certifications. So mm-hmm. I did um, certifications in training. I did certifications in human resource administration, mm-hmm. in vocational technical education. So it was wow. like a wide, yeah. um, broad um background that I was starting to build for myself Mm -hmm. and that is where I really got ignited Mm. about human resource development in the first instance and so that's really where my specialty is Um, and we would go into the hotels and we would train and then I noticed that dealing with adults was much different from dealing with children and that I worked at UE and I know that is a completely different spectrum of completely, mm-hmm. completely different. Yeah. And what I discovered was that I had to do a lot to motivate people to learn. Yeah. And so I had to f- really focus on their self-worth and their self-esteem. So a lot of them had negative experiences in the classroom as children themselves Um, A lot of them had a lot of doubts. They felt that they weren't smart enough. They weren't good enough, Mm -hmm. you know, um, so they were very intimidated by coming into the classroom. And so I I found myself creating this, this atmosphere in the classroom that was a safe space for them to Mm -hmm. feel like, you know what, you're not going to get embarrassed. You're not going to be shamed. You're coming and you're going to learn. You're going to get come out of this better. Mm -hmm. And so they have that started um, this pursuit of, you know, this self-discovery and this understanding human behavior and development. And, mm-hmm. and so it's, that's really how I got here today. I mean, and that's the short version. Of course, I've had tons of job experiences and consulting experiences and so forth in mm-hmm. between. Mm-hmm. But I would say essentially that is where the inspiration came for what I do today. And of course, I thought that being a director of HR is my dream job, which I eventually landed. And I'm glad for that experience of being a generalist, because that really, I think, completed my journey of understanding HR in its entirety. Um, Even though there's some aspects of HR, as we talked about, that I don't particularly like. (laughs) 
a lot of us. <laughs> right? But, and then when I get into it, I'm like, why am I doing this again? Uh-huh. <laughs> I can't really perform. I prefer the happy HR, you know, but, <laughs> but people will say, you know, well, you know, we're grateful that you are where you are. In actual fact, I was chatting with a friend of mine, longtime friend who was in the public service here in the Bahamas for many years. And I was sharing with her some of the things that we're doing in lockdown. Mm-hmm. And she was like, you need to talk to some of your HR colleagues because they're not doing anything for us. Mm-hmm. They just left us out here on our own. And wow. I'm like, what? Yeah. Like for me, it just seems so normal, normal. to me want too. to connect and engage yeah. and, and make sure that people are okay. Yep. So things mm-hmm. like that really are um, disturbing for me, but it inspires me to yeah. keep on going and, and to, to encourage people and to share information that could probably mm-hmm. help um, to stimulate change in, yeah. in our profession. Absolutely. As a matter of yeah. fact, Simone and I are both members of the Caribbean HR Forum, and we were in a webinar last week where this topic came up of what are HR professionals doing for their people now. And I was wowed by the things that you had mentioned that you were doing for your organization. And some of them I I, I am doing, and and I'm doing some other stuff as well, which I think we need to swap notes at some point in time. But I was actually in awe of the fact that there are HR professionals who only knew about Zoom two weeks ago. I've been working with Zoom for about two years now. Like, so that completely baffled me. And I know that there are some things that just blew my mind that came out of that call that probably blew your mind as well. Yeah, so I I was grateful for that topic of that webinar. Yeah. And actual fact, when I was talking with the organizer, I was like, what? I didn't even think about it. But mm-hmm. after getting into it, and like yeah. you said, hearing that, those types of stories, I'm amazed because it really does mean that HR professionals are not no. pursuing their own development. No. Because I knew about Zoom because yeah. of things that I was interested in. Mm-hmm. And those people were using it as a platform. And so I had to learn it. Absolutely. So it was Absolutely. nothing new. You know, and I was trying to share it with other people and they're looking at me cross-eyed and now it's <laughs> the thing. <laughs> I am like, so sometimes I honestly believe I'm behind the curve. But then when I talk to other HR professionals, I realize how much ahead of the curve I am. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I'm just grateful for the people that I've had in my life, in my professional career, who have put me in this space. And I just want to give it back to other people. And that's part of the yeah. reason why I created this podcast, just to yeah. give back to people things that I, I thought people knew or had, but they don't. And so I hope that people, you know, will learn and appreciate and be able to use the information. Absolutely, because you've inspired me now to go and to look into agile HR and HR ah. transformation and HR analytics and all of these things that, you know, listen, it's, honey. It's the buzzwords now. Oh, my goodness. Listen, we're going to reshape the Caribbean for sure, for sure. With all listen, listen to me. Weird, the journey has now begun, and I'm super excited to have people like you on board and willing to learn and to develop the the HR profession in the Caribbean. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And for years, it's been a dream. So this is now Now coming full circle after so many years, you know, like 16 years, you know. (laughs) For sure. So our topic at hand, sexual harassment in the workplace. When I looked at the statistics from the ILO, I'm just in complete awe of globally, how big this topic is, it is so beyond all of us. And I think this is one of the areas that for future development as HR professionals, we really need to to get into. But many people view sexual harassment as something that only happens to women. But sexual harassment also happens to men. And from a Caribbean perspective, some of the stories that I hear as it relates to sexual harassment in the workplace of men completely baffled me. Like, I've never experienced it um, 
in terms of a male employee coming and complaining, I've experienced, always experienced it from the female perspective. But in terms of, from an HR perspective, as an HR professional being sexually harassed, I cannot say that I've ever, until I read your story, heard about that before. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to ask you to do two things for me. Can you please tell the audience what sexual harassment is? And then please share your story. I think this is such a very important conversation, especially for us in the Caribbean because of our culture. Yes. Um, and the way that we uh, flow culturally. Uh, we're very social people. And we are very, as we would say, touchy-feely people, mm -hmm. and in a, in a good way in many in many cases because we love to hug and we love to, you know, we laugh and we will slap you on the shoulder and all of these mm -hmm. things that make our culture very exciting mm -hmm. and and very appealing, especially for hospitality and tourism. Yeah. But I think where people um, cross the line is where they don't understand that. For some people, unwanted touch, conversation advances can be deemed as harassment, period, whether sexual or not. And so it's very important that we understand that keyword unwanted. And so if someone does not want to be touched, someone does not want to be flirted with, Someone does not want to see um, racy photos or video in your cell phone. Uh, someone does not want to have their way blocked or hindered trying to enter or exit a room. All of those things are harassment. And I think one of the things that is shocking for many as well is that you don't have to be personally harassed. But if you view someone else having to deal with that type of behavior and you find it offensive, you can report that mm -hmm. as harassment, even though it's not happening to you. Yeah. And so when I've done trainings in, in with staff about that, they're all up in arms like, well, it's not happening to them. Why, how could they be offended? Mm -hmm. The fact that you're in my presence and we are at work means that I can be offended by your behavior, even if it's directed towards someone else. You know, that reminds me of the, <laughs> our legislation locally as it relates to domestic violence, because many people feel that the domestic violence means that it's happening to you. But the fact that you are in the presence of someone who has experienced domestic violence makes you a victim of domestic violence. And this mm -hmm. is true when it transposes to sexual harassment. Yeah. And so I'm so glad you opened up by saying that it happens to both genders because I was going to open up by saying yeah. that too. <laughs> that, that that's one of the myths that we must get rid of, that mm -hmm. this is something that only happens to women. And I think that in many cases, men don't report it simply because of the stigma that's attached to it and the way we treat them, mm -hmm. that we may laugh at it and we say, well, oh, you know what, you, you should enjoy it. And that's usually the, the outward reaction that I would get. Yeah in a session from men, mm. like, oh, well, you know, if a lady comes at me like that, I love that. You know, mm. why are you complaining? Yeah. But again, we go back to that word, unwanted. Wanted. If I don't want that approach, mm. I don't want that level of conversation, that touch, anything, then mm. it is sexual harassment. Yeah. Thank yeah. you so much for clearing that up. Please, mm. would you share your story with, with our listeners? Yes, yeah, so I have had a number of stories, to be honest with you. And again, I think it is because of our cultural experiences. Mm -hmm. And I've had it from both men and women, and I'll tell you why. Wow. So the most striking one that I referenced in that article that you saw was um, as a young professional. This is after um, I've put in a couple of years working. And here's my first opportunity for a management job. And I go into this interview and had a wonderful interview. And as I get up to leave, the interviewer comes from behind his desk um, 
and I'm walking toward the door. So my back is to him now. Right. And he comes up to the back of me and presses his body against my body uh, mm. on my back. Mm-hmm. And I am stunned because this is, of course, not what I expected at no. all. Mm-hmm. And when people say your life passes before your eyes, like yeah. literally, you know, like all these <laughs> thoughts started racing through my mind. I go, what do I do now? Right. What, what's going on? Right. Do I even want this job? Like I was thinking all sorts of things in this wow. moment. It mm-hmm. was such a weird moment and a horrible feeling, yeah. you know, because this is a stranger. Like, and mm-hmm. this is nothing that I was expecting. Mm-hmm. And he presses his body against mine and holds his body there. And so I move away and it felt like it was a long time, but it probably wasn't. It was just the, the feeling that I had yeah, in the moment. In the moment. And I just, mm-hmm. in the moment, and I, I sprung away and I looked at him like, what are you doing? And I said, mm. what are you doing? And he just, again, leaned across me, opened the door and said, you know, thanks for coming. As if it never happened. Wow. And that was so weird as well, because right. to me, it seems like now this is really shady, mm-hmm. you know, but it made me realize that he was probably testing me right. in this moment to see, well, what reaction was he going to get uh, from me mm-hmm. to see how far he could even go. Right. And honestly, that that experience gave me quite a bit of pause because do I want to accept a job if I got the job and to have to work with this person this would be my boss right you know but unfortunately maybe because of my reaction Mm -hmm. he never did that again Mm -hmm. and I took the job and and (laughs) we we had a good experience fortunately you know and I'm glad that I could say I had a happy ending right but I know of people that have not Mm-hmm. Um, and in other ways that I would say that uh, I've been harassed and people would say that's not true is is the catcalling, right? Mm. You're just walking along yeah. um, a pathway or you're walking down the hall and mm-hmm. people are making comments or they're looking at you in a suggestive way. Mm-hmm. Um, all of that is, is harassment. It's just something that um, yeah. in particular as Caribbean women, we, we just get used to. Right. We learn how to deal with it. We either mm-hmm. say, well, I'm not going to look. I'm not going to turn my head. I'm just going to yeah. keep my head straight. I'm going to ignore mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. That is harassment. Yeah. Um, and my other most pressing experience that actually happened from mm-hmm. a woman. <laughs> well, yeah. um, hap- <laughs> <laughs> well, it actually, now that I think about it, it's happened to me twice from a woman. Okay. Um, one, I was actually uh, mm-hmm. maybe about, 15 16 years old actually mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I was working in my sister's store and the same thing happened this woman came and, and she pressed herself against me and it was very scary because I was in in the store by myself wow you know unfortunately that didn't turn out to to anything uh, right. just tried to move away from her and, and right and she got and I went behind the counter and she got the drift Mm-hmm. Um, but this other one happened in the workplace just maybe about four years ago. Mm-hmm. And I was walking down the hall and this woman comes up. It was after a training session or something. And this woman comes to me and she, she actually opened her, her pants, um, to show me this undergarment, you know, those, um, like, <laughs> waist trainer or like you know um spandex type uh-huh. what do you call them spanks Spank? type uh-huh. that type Girdle. of um uh-huh. yeah that's uh-huh. it I couldn't remember what you call them <laughs> girdle and she was like um you ever used these before she opens up her pants <laughs> to show me this thing uh-huh. and she's like you know I sell these you know I, I think you could I think you could use this I was like, what? Uh-huh. How offensive. Wow. You know? And mm-hmm. I, I, I'm standing there, like, looking down at this woman's underwear. And this is in the open. Uh-huh. And I, I just said to her, I said, does my body offend you? Uh-huh. And her eyes went wide open, like, oh, I can't believe she said, no, 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 uh-huh. no. I was just showing you. And I just, you know, if you're interested, you could just let me know. But that's so 
invasive yeah. and so offensive on yeah. so many levels. Mm-hmm. But it just shows you that people just don't think that. No. That type of behavior yeah. is harassment, but it is. Yeah. That was unwanted, yeah. unsolicited, mm-hmm. and it was insulting. It was everything yeah. that oh. could happen in that moment. You it know? was just going to make me break out in Jamaica and say, out of order. Out of order. Out of order. <laughs> <laughs> Completely. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. So it's 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 a it's a serious thing that, yeah. that we really need to focus on. Mm-hmm. And I think HR professionals, we must have a zero tolerance approach to it. Absolutely. I I, I, I cannot agree with you more in terms of how we as HR professionals deal with sexual harassment cases. Yeah. It's truly imperative. And I thought that some information that the ILO shared in terms of the cost of sexual harassment was very intriguing because for the victims, they talked about psychological suffering, including humiliation, reduced motivation, loss of self-esteem, and then that it causes behavioral changes, including isolation, deterioration of relationships. It also causes stress-related physical and mental illness, including drugs and alcohol use. And then victims forego career opportunities, leaving employment or committing suicide. And this is out of the ILO's um, report on sexual harassment at work facts. Then it talks about how it impacts employers. You get decreased enterprise productivity due to impaired judgment, compromised teamwork, demotivation and absenteeism. No applicants will fill vacancies at workplace where they fear sexual harassment. So you lose your reputation. And then progress and innovation within the enterprise are hindered when the environment is deficient in trust and team spirit. So all of these things can contribute to, and then by externally, you're then affecting society. Um, So all of these things really do play a very big place in how we as HR professionals manage that going forward. For you as an HR professional, Simone, what are some of the things that you do in order to assist employees who may be victims of sexual harassment? Well, I think in the very first instance, there must be strong policy around it. Mm -hmm. Because unless you have some guidelines for behavior in the workplace, it then becomes very difficult to to deal with it, yeah. you know, because you don't have a basis for which you are um, investigating or mm-hmm. applying discipline or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So it has to start off with a very strong policy um, that speaks specifically to harassment and any form of harassment, mm-hmm. um, sexual included. And um, you need to have a grievance policy Right. So a a process through which people can submit their complaints um, that is confidential, that is that involves an investigation. Mm -hmm. You have to have that process in place as well Mm -hmm. as and the protocols as well as who will conduct that investigation. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you may work in a very large company. So I've been in in organizations that have a security department. And so mm-hmm. you may work very closely with the security department where you turn the, the uh, particulars of that incident over to them and they actually conduct a formal investigation. investigation. Okay. Or it may be a smaller operation where it's you as the HR professional mm-hmm. that conducts the, the investigation. And, and you need to make sure that uh, whatever you do, as the HR professional, if you're conducting that investigation, that you have to be as impartial as possible. It is not about taking sides. Mm -hmm. It's about hearing the sides and then making a decision uh, what's to happen. Because one thing that um, to note that people can use sexual harassment claims Mm -hmm. to be very damaging, uh, especially if it's not true. True. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's what makes it a very ticklish situation Situation. because um, if it is not true, 
Yeah. That, as you mentioned, one of the concerns is very damaging yeah. to people's reputation on mm -hmm. both sides. Yeah. As the victim, uh -huh. as the uh, person involved, implicated. Mm -hmm. So um, those would be the areas that I would start off with first as a foundation. Mm -hmm. And uh, the next one would be to train the staff on your policy yeah. and on sexual harassment, the whole sharing information like that, mm -hmm. the impacts, you know, um, offering a support system. If it does happen, mm -hmm. making sure that there is some follow-up for persons who um, have um, done sexual harassment yeah. and for persons who have been victim of sexual harassment. Because a lot mm -hmm. of times we only focus on the victim. Yeah. But the perpetrator also needs help. Yeah, you know exactly. they're they're doing that for a reason. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, in some of the cases that I've seen, um, well, I've seen it on both sides. I've seen where the perpetrator uh, was terminated, right. and I've also seen where the victim has been terminated. Wow. You know, and mm -hmm. and I can tell you that that actually happened to an HR colleague of mine, where wow. she reported being harassed continually by her boss. Uh -huh. um, he would share, you know, I guess his sexual ex escapades and different mm -hmm. things like that with her. And she spoke to him, followed the normal thing. You know, they, yeah. I, I, I find this offensive. Please don't say these things and do right. this. And he refused to stop. And so mm -hmm. she reported him to mm -hmm. HR and she became not only victim to the things he was saying, but also victim to them, the organization, the mm -hmm. organization and they branded her as as crazy what? and she didn't find that out until she spent a year after she was terminated spent about a year trying, trying to find another opportunity wow. and getting you know these doors closed and right. all of those things that you mentioned the the emotional toil that it took mm -hmm. um, the toll that it took on yeah. her um she would just you know, burst out in tears. She was mm -hmm. just so distraught. Mm -hmm. And she ended up having to leave her, her home because, you know, mm -hmm. we have a multi-island nation. Right. So she ended up having to leave her <clears throat> husband, bring her child to the city to find another job. Mm -hmm. She ended up having to change her career. Wow. Literally. And it wasn't until another HR professional told her after an interview, yes. you know, hey, this is what your organization is saying about you. About you called about the reference and you're just wow. crazy and you you know you're doing all these things and so this is is, is so disheartening and uh -huh. discouraging so as HR professionals we need to make sure that we are actually the advocate for both yeah. the company mm -hmm. and the the employees in yeah. this situation absolutely you know the reason why I really love what you're saying too is because many times as HR professionals we focus on assisting the employee. But you never think as a HR professional that it will actually happen to you that you will be sexually harassed. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that you touched on too as it relates to our culture, I think all of us, no matter what island we are on, can personally relate or could probably pinpoint our first experience of being sexually harassed at school. Yes. Yes. Because you're in an environment where, I mean, when I was going to school, the boys would always be like, my yes. friend, how you doing? That's your first encounter with sexual harassment. If you're not in your neighborhood and the boys in your neighborhood, like all of those are your first encounters with sexual yes. harassment. Yes. Coming and hugging you, coming yes. and touching you and mm -hmm. all of that. And, you know, you're Talking supposed to think to it's cute. In your ear and you, yes. you know, you're there smiling, you're feeling mm -hmm. sweet with yourself, but really and truthfully, you are being sexually harassed. Mm -hmm. That's right. So especially if it's something that really makes you feel uncomfortable. And as you said, unwanted. And mm. that was one of the things that I struggled with as a teenager growing up because I hated it. I, you know, as one, if you like me, come, I prefer, come and tell me that you like me, but that, that noise that you make is yes. such a spine tingling, numbing noise yeah. in a group of other guys. Like, no, not, not acceptable at all. But that's our mm -hmm. first encounter. If, if none other than 
if we don't experience it in our neighborhoods, like if we don't walk mm-hmm. around, but mm-hmm. our first encounter with it generally is at school from our yeah. space as in our culture. Yeah. But yeah. I also want to touch on the fact that, as you mentioned before, men when men are sexually harassed, they, they don't usually bring it up just like men who experience domestic violence don't bring it up either. Right. Right. And because so it's embarrassing. It is embarrassing. And, and it's the way that people respond to it, you know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, making them feel that they're less than a man for reporting it mm-hmm. and, and not enjoying it. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and who wants to enjoy that if it mm-hmm. is, like you say, unwanted? Unwanted. You know, mm-hmm. you have. And, and so when I do the training, I bring that up. I'm intentional about bringing that up mm-hmm. and making men feel comfortable about opening up about that. You yeah. know, and you'll be surprised. Men will say, yes, that's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. You know, and they'll start <laughs> to share their own stories, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. And you will get that mixed reaction in the room. You'll be like, what's your problem? You know, <laughs> that's a good thing. <laughs> and then you'll have some people who are like really surprised that yeah. men would actually say that, mm-hmm. you know. And mm-hmm. so it's really important for us to be respectful. And, and I think tied to harassment is also bullying yeah. and, and, and workplace violence. And we see, again, bullying even in, like you said, the school experience as as young people. Mm -hmm. I can remember being bullied from my primary school days, Mm -hmm. from being maybe eight, nine years old, being bullied and and body shamed because Mm -hmm. of being full figured, you know? And Mm -hmm. so you get the whole fatty, fatty, two by four, all these Mm -hmm. different things, can't get Mm -hmm. through the bathroom door and all Mm -hmm. these other stuff that give Mm -hmm. you these hangups. Yeah. And and as as that report mentioned, it's issues with self esteem and 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 it now translates into as you get older, what opportunities am I going to hold myself back from? Right. Because what are people going to think of me, or how mm-hmm. I'm, am I going to be treated? Yes. You know, and we don't realize how these things impact our psyche until yeah. we we come to a place of self awareness and, mm-hmm. and and enlightenment, and we we start to reflect. Yeah. You know, and for some people, it takes a long time to get to that place. You just take it on mm-hmm. as this is me. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and realizing, no, it's not you. You no. are actually, these are, this is the, the packing of trauma that's happened to you over, over your time. life. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. And that's powerful what you just said. And I think it lends to the next part, which entails as HR professionals creating that culture where people feel safe to bring these things up. And that comes with training our leaders. That comes with helping them to understand the importance of giving employees psychological safety. And us as HR professionals being more forward facing. So it's not just about us coming to work and sitting at our desk, but actually getting to know our people, understand our people, walking around and talking to our people and giving them the openness to see this is me as an HR professional caring about you, empathetic to whatever situation you're going through to feel free to come and talk to me if you feel that there is something that needs to be addressed. It's the only way that we can deal with with things. But I find that um, a lot of people believe that their HR professionals or the HR department is not open to those kind of discussions. It's not, not open, open and not impartial. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Not confidential. All those things. <laughs> All of those things. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because I, I mean I, I say funny but I don't mean literally funny. Yeah. Um, because I think there are some of us who really are trying our best to create that kind of environment, but we have been put in the same basket, the same box as all HR professionals who people have had a bad experience with. Yeah. Because when people come from other organizations into our organization, they come with baggage from previous organizations. That's right. Bad relationships that they've experienced with their HR department there. And so when they come into an organization where the HR department really is trying to make an effort, is forward-facing, is supportive, 
they don't know what to do with it. I actually had don't that trust experience. it. Don't trust it. <laughs> I had that experience with a um, a guy that we hired about two years ago, and he came from a really big corporation um, in Trinidad. And when he came to our organization, uh, within the first three months after I had the first onboarding discussion with him, he was like, he said, Julie, I don't know what to tell you because I've been, I've come from really big corporations and I'm now getting to understand. So this is what HR really does. This is what HR, the HR department really looks like. Like I'm blown away. I've, I've never experienced what I'm experiencing with you as an HR professional, with your team as HR, an HR department in a big corporation. I've never experienced that. Wow. Wow. Those kind of things help you to appreciate the importance of the employee experience and making mm-hmm. it matter. And in a mm-hmm. space where you're dealing with things like sexual harassment, it's all the more important that you give that safety up front from day one. The employee experience coming through the door is great. The employee experience going forward is as great as you could possibly make it as an HR professional so that they feel the comeliness when things are not right. Absolutely. I mean, that is so critical what you're saying. Um, and, and it really will make or break whatever policy you may have on the books if people don't feel comfortable mm-hmm. coming to you as an HR professional or trusting the system. Because yeah. I hear that a lot too, that, you know, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if you come forward, you know, they're going to side with management anyway. That, mm-hmm. You know, that's some of the comments that you yeah. would hear. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's important for, as you said, for HR professionals to be visible, to be approachable, to, to go into, talk to people in their areas, see what's going on mm-hmm. and hold management to the fire and some feet to the fire in some cases where, yeah. you know, they are the perpetrators. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes it's, it's verbal in, in a lot of cases, yeah. um, in particular. And I, I know that we are talking about sexual harassment, but I think all forms of harassment, um, they kind of tie in, yeah. um, this verbal abuse yeah. is so, um, prevalent, mm-hmm. I find, um, mm-hmm. in our context, mm-hmm. but the way people are spoken to, yeah is is harassment mm-hmm. um, and whether it is sexual by nature or just um, violent in nature you know you have people swearing mm-hmm. at their staff mm-hmm. um, speaking down to them speaking mm-hmm. harshly mm-hmm. you know um, putting them down insulting yeah. them shaming them and all of these things feed in one into the other Absolutely. You know, if we're not careful. And so mm-hmm. we have to hold our leaders to the fire as well. And they, may, when you talk to them, mm-hmm. they will say, well, oh, well, you know, I was just in the heat of the moment or you don't understand what I have to deal with. And, and, and the, these staff that you all hired, you know, they like throw it back at you and, and uh-huh. all these kinds of things, you know, mm-hmm. but HR has to um, hold leadership to the same level of accountability yeah. as everybody else. I remember I had a general manager. He openly confessed. He said, oh, in every job that I've been on, I've had to be called in to HR for the things that I've said. Wow. And I'm like, you, you haven't learned <laughs> from oh. that experience yet. <laughs> I'm uh-huh. sure enough, it was, just, it was just his character. Yeah. There were times that I would just cringe and then I would say, oh, you said that. And I would say that to him, like, you can't. He said, oh, I, I said it. I did something wrong, right? I was like, yes, you can't mm-hmm. say that. You know, <laughs> what are you doing? Was he, a, was he a Sheldon or a Howard? I'm like... <laughs> I was like, I can't believe it. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. like, I can't believe it. And, and then when you get, you know, the, we would say those water cooler conversations, those yeah. little pockets of conversations afterward, you would hear how people were so offended, offended. you know, by the mm-hmm. things that he would say. Yeah. You know? So it just goes to show, Simone, that oh, we still have a lot of work to do in this space. And we know that we're fighting. The biggest thing that we're fighting is our culture. Yes. That's the biggest thing that we are fighting because, like I said, it happens in the neighborhood. It happens from school. And these are things that we are constantly fighting against as we bring our, our children into the workforce. 
because um, I think Steve Brown said it best. You're raising, you're raising children to become employees. Yeah. They will be somebody's employee at some point in time. And if we don't take into con- that into consideration, then we will not be able to surpass those cultural boundaries. Mm-hmm. How we create our cultures in our organizations is truly key to the success of how we manage a sexual harassment case in the workplace at any, any point in time. Yeah, I totally agree with you, um, that word culture. And so our organizational culture has to, in some ways, transcend our national, regional culture. We may believe something on on the outside of this campus, wherever we're working, but when we are here, Mm -hmm. these are the rules of engagement. Yeah. You know, and I, I, I have had so many of those conversations mm-hmm. and because this is like a philosophical challenge for some people, yeah. like they truly don't believe these mm-hmm. concepts, mm-hmm. honestly. And mm-hmm. you get into these debates with them yes. because they just can't see it. Mm-hmm. Because as you said, they've grown up operating in this context yeah. for years and years and years. So this is yeah. like a whole new concept mm-hmm. and then they can't they can't get it literally can't they just it. cannot no. understand it and they think you're just be- being bizarre yeah you know and mm-hmm. so you have these these battles mm-hmm. of philosophy really yeah. with people and they just you you have to make it known to them yeah that whatever it is that you may believe mm-hmm. outside of this workplace mm-hmm it doesn't apply here. And of course right. they will say, well, that's my right. And I have a right as, you know, we get into yeah. all those conversations. Of course you have a right. Yeah. But here we have, uh, this is our common ground. Yeah. This is our vision mm-hmm. of how we want this organization to be. And these mm-hmm. are the values and the principles that yeah. um, should guide our behavior when we are here. So whether you believe it or not, This is what we have to abide by here. And you have to now ask yourself the question. Mm -hmm. If you cannot live with these principles and abide by these values, is this the right place for you? you. That's it. That's (laughs) it. I I always say, you know, from a health and safety perspective, um, our health and safety policies always say the employer has a duty of care to provide a safe place for you to work. That's not only physically, that doesn't only relate to the ergonomics, but that also relates to your mental health and well-being. We are responsible to provide an environment where you feel safe to innovate, create, explore, but also where you feel safe to be yourself. And just show up. And just show up and get your job done. We have Mm -hmm. that duty of care to you. So sexual harassment falls within that parameter. It crosses... As you said, grievance, it crosses health and safety, wellness. It crosses all of those those peripheral, those boundaries. And so we have to make sure that we cover all of those spaces in order to give people the safe space that they need to be able to work at any given point in time. I feel like we need to have a part two to this. Yeah. And we yeah. may need to make this the first HR sound off panel discussion. Yes, <laughs> that would be good. Yeah. So I feel like I, I, in my mind, as we're talking, I feel like I'm creating something else. Good. Um, but I want to thank you so much for taking the time to have this discussion with, with me today. Could you please tell everybody where they can find you on social media? Sure. I have pages on LinkedIn, on Instagram, on Facebook, and Twitter. And it is under my name for all of those uh, pages. It's Simone, S-I-M-M-O-N-E, middle initial L, and last name Bo, B-O-W-E. 
And so when you say it all together, it sounds like Simone elbow, the body part. Yeah. <laughs> I get that all the time. Simone elbow. <laughs> Simone elbow. And if you remember the elbow and you remember two M's in Simone, oh, you'll be able to find me. <laughs> wonderful. But tell us what is one misconception about HR that you would like to clear up? Oh, wow. <clears throat> I know there are so many. I know, right? What, what's your biggest <laughs> pet peeve that people say about HR that, that is wrong that you want to clear up? Boy, that is wrong. Okay. Because <laughs> some of them are right. <laughs> I know. <laughs> We're just talking about the wrong ones. <laughs> I, think, I think one of the misconceptions of HR is that that we don't have everyone's best interests at heart. I think that's one of yeah, the misconceptions on, mm -hmm. on most, um, and on, I would say on both sides, right? That leadership feels that HR is pro-employee and employees feel like HR is always pro-management. And really we are stuck in the middle. We're, mm -hmm. we're the bridge between the two and and we care about both we want the company to succeed we want to uphold policy we want to make sure that there's structure mm -hmm. that there is that great environment for people to work in mm -hmm. and and sometimes it means that we have to police it yeah right we're we're the gatekeepers and the guardians of the culture um, but sometimes we also have to be honest and recognize when people's rights and well-being is being are being infringed upon yeah. and we need to fight for that too. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that's a common misconception that HR is we're not middle of the road, that we're always polarized and we're really not. We're right. just kind of stuck in the middle of mm -hmm. trying to make everybody happy. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> That's a powerful one because I've always said that HR is for the people. Mm -hmm. and, and when people hear me say that, they mm -hmm. misinterpret or misunderstand. And I always have to clear that up at the end. And I always say, well, a member of the board is a person, right? Yep. The CEO is a person, right? Yep. Our managers are people, right? Mm -hmm. Our employees are people, right? Therefore, HR yep. is for everyone, right? So Just we are for, for the people. We yeah. are always trying to find the sweet spot for everyone so that we can yeah. create the best possible outcome for everyone. Yeah. So we are neither pro-management or pro-people. We, we um, Employees, we are pro-people. Right. That's right. And people are people, no matter what, where they sit in the organization above us or below us, mm -hmm. all is people, as my yeah. grandmother would say. That's right. <laughs> and we say over here, all of we, all of we is all one family. That's <laughs> right. We. That's right. That's right. All you know, of and we I together. You said something so powerful earlier that we have to create workplaces where people feel good about showing up. Mm-hmm where people feel good about showing up and they can be themselves. You know, that's yeah. so important. Well, whoever you are, you shouldn't be made to feel any type of way if you have any type of difference, you know, and just, yeah. just the fact that you are a man, the fact that you are a woman, the fact that you have certain beliefs, the fact that you have a certain lifestyle or anything, a certain body shape, skin mm -hmm. color, hair mm -hmm. texture, like mm -hmm. all of that should not matter in a workplace. It's about our value uh, as human beings and, and what we are coming to contribute and how we're coming to share this experience that we call work, work. together. Absolutely. You Absolutely. Know? So important. Mm -hmm. Simone, I really want to thank you. What are some of the things that you are reading or learning, watching right now as an HR professional to hone your skills while you work from home that you would like to share with other HR professionals? What do you think we should be reading, listening to right now? Well, I am actually in the middle of a book called... Um, oh, gosh, the, the exact name of it escapes me right now. The Values of Values-Based 
um, service firm running a leading a values-based service firm okay. and it talks about um, having values as an organization mm -hmm. creating your brand story mm -hmm. um, and and being purposeful as well so tying in purpose values mm -hmm. and your story right. as as a company especially if you are service-based Mm -hmm. And I'm finding that that is so important right now mm -hmm. um, because as you look at, and I think I'm going to write about it, mm -hmm. but as you look at how leaders are responding in the crisis, yeah. speaks to their values, mm -hmm. speaks to our people important, yes. you know, um, um, money, our reputation, mm -hmm. our brand as a business, yeah. you know, with the decisions that we make today. Mm -hmm. are going to impact us post-COVID. That's right. You know, mm -hmm. um, an, another thing for me that I'm finding extremely valuable is being a part of HR community. So you mentioned Carib HR Forum. Yeah. I'm also a part of, you are as well, of the Caribbean Society for Human Resource Professionals. Yeah. Yeah. And I have found that to be, trust me, the highlight yeah. Of my professional experience at this time, yeah. I'm so inspired, mm -hmm. um, informed, and yeah. just feeling that I'm a part of a community that is vibrant and mm -hmm. that's bright. Everybody's yeah. so smart and, mm -hmm. you know, you, they're open and they're sharing ideas and sharing yeah. information. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I mean, that has been for me such uh, an inspiration. And it sounds cliche, but it's so true because mm -hmm. it, it it's feeding me as a professional yes. and then it's it's pushing me to do something in my own corner that's right you know? um mm -hmm. and so i think that is valuable um taking advantage of a lot of these free courses and opportunities yeah um, so part of that society i i was able to have a one-on-one -on -one with one of our Caribbean consultants from Trinidad who shared with me and again inspired me with um, HR analytics. Mm -hmm. So I was able to now research. Um, I found a program on LinkedIn from mm -hmm. AIHR. Yes. AIHR is amazing. Oh we're, my gosh. You're using that right now. Okay. It really opens your mind to how you can use that data to really provide business value. Yeah, so I am looking to do in one of their certificates. Um, okay. I think digital HR yes. certificate or something you like that. I'm still exploring. They actually have one that is um, data analytics at the HR business partner. So ah. that one you might find okay. um, a bit more up your street as an okay. HR director. Yeah, let yeah. me check but that one out. But they, are, they are absolutely awesome. And I would also recommend... Hacking HR, just because I'm a part of Hacking HR. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I need to, I need to though, I need to broaden that aspect. I can't just be in my silo, you know? Yeah, I, I mean, it's a more global perspective. And what I love about that community is they also share ideas. They're sharing lots of free webinars. They have lots of, uh, even though we may agree to disagree, I find like it covers the whole gambit of HR in their space. Mm -hmm. And you can rely, you can get, immediate mentors in that oh wow in that space as well and i really i'm nice. enjoying that as well okay yeah. i'm definitely gonna go explore that then yes kudos to him yeah. my um selfish plug for hacking <laughs> today <laughs> that's right <laughs> But it's good. I mean, this is what I'm talking about now, you know, of learning different um, avenues that we can grow professionally. I mean, it's, it's just vital. Yeah. And, and even in our organizations now, you're seeing mm -hmm. what are HR people doing yeah. and how are people stepping up to the plate? I was just in a conversation last night and, and a lady was sharing that she had to literally go to her HR and they say, you know, we're trying to figure out our manpower, you know, how we're moving forward in this time. And mm -hmm. for you to have to seek out your HR is, is yeah, very telling. I felt so bad. Super scary. Super, <laughs> it is. Super scary. You know, we have to be in the driver's seat. At least if we're not in the driver's seat, we need to be doggone in the car. That's right. You know? That's right. <laughs> we need to be in if the car. We are not in the, if we are not one of those, you know, clowns, you know, you see those cars with the clowns in them. 
And then when they started to come out, there was like about 50 of them in this yeah. one car. But look, in a car of 50 clowns, we gotta be there. We gotta be one. Come, come on, on, man. One clown gotta be. Simone, <laughs> this has been an amazing conversation. I really want to thank you for your time. Uh, I know that we are up early yeah. this particular morning to have this discussion. I really appreciate you as a colleague, as a person, as a new friend. Yes. Uh, as a friend to HR Sound Off, I am sure that you will be back. I want to thank you for taking this time to sound off with me today. Thank you so much, Julian, for being a trendsetter and an inspiration to all of us in HR and to me. So I'm very happy to call you my new friend. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you for joining us in the sound booth today. I hope that you found this information from this episode useful. You can find me on all social media platforms at I am Julie Turney. That's I am Julie Turney. And you can find this episode or this show on most digital platforms, Google Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, you name it, we're there. Thanks to Anchor FM and Rock Solid Entertainment for helping me to put this content together for you. And I will see you again when we next sound off.